<laughs> so, so please tell me, keep it all the way 100. You beat you beat this unathletic motherfucker in a race? Bro. Mean great one? Yeah. He said, be he honest, said, Bob. You beat this Bob. unathletic motherfucker in a race? I want to ask this question first. We have, we have the footage of it? Welcome to another episode of the Second Win Podcast. I am the great one. This is Jay Mills. We are your hosts. And today we got one of the illest, most iconic, legendary sports commentators ever. I'm not talking about Al Michaels. I'm not talking about Dick Vitale. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend. What do you guys say? Why are you, why are you cap me as sports commentator? I mean, you got a lot of different hats. Why but you stop me as sports commentator? I didn't want to go the whole show saying everything that you've done. All right. Well, Mr. Bob Mennery is on yeah, our I show did, today. I did a lot of, like, first and foremost is this. Like, I don't, I, I love to just go spur of the moment I fucking sit down with whoever the fuck I want anytime have fun I'm a nobody I'm like everybody else in here in this room we're fucking just always grinding trying to make shit happen I fuck with these two these are my fucking day ones <laughs> Jarvis and fucking great one we spent a lot of time in LA together at fucking Barkley's fucking house by the way congratulations on getting him thank you appreciate it that's you, a brother. tough grab yeah man he's you know he's my best friend and he's still a tough grab you beat, you beat the pivot you snuck right through him. I mean, that's good maybe. shit. Someone would say. If you want to call it a competition, I think we it just... ain't a competition. Everything's the same, but I'm saying it's good shit. Saquon was very hard. Because I have, do you know how many messages I've sent to Saquon? No. All right. So I've gotten, you know, for anybody that doesn't know me or whatever, you know, I've done some good shit. I've done some cool shit. I got some big people. You know, I've sat down with the President of the United States, Saquon. <laughs> I sat down with some pretty big people. <laughs> but Barkley somehow seems to. Just keep that notifications off. 100%. In his, yeah, in his yeah. defense, he doesn't answer a lot of people. He so. doesn't. So I, I've realized I'm outside the circle. No. No, I'm in the circle. I'm yeah, literally you're in the circle, right in one. the circle, and he does not yeah, answer me. I can me. tell you guys got the interview. I didn't. <laughs> I was fucking hammering Saquon. That was like six years ago. No, no, that was fucking last week, the week before, the week before. He didn't <laughs> answer me. But I love Saquon. We had a good time together. We all lived together. So, yeah. uh, so just to start, man, um, I just want people to kind of know you. And uh, I remember you telling me when we were in L.A. a couple couple years a while back, man, you were you moved up to L.A., tried to be an actor. Yes. You ended up homeless, sleeping in your car. Yes. Then you went from that to being... One of the best podcast hosts, man. Great, rich, yeah. Tell broke, me about rich, that. Rich broke all the time. Tell me about that when you were homeless. I don't know. I did three months in a car. I was on drugs. I was on crystal meth. It was something I never. I, I did. I had a. I had a cocaine problem. So what I would do is I went out to L.A. to be an actor comedian, right? And I went out to carry golf bags. That was my job. When I went and showed up at the pro shop, I said, they said, have you ever caddied before? I'm like, I caddied at Augusta National, actually. I caddied for uh, Ricky <laughs> Fowler and uh, Jordan Spieth and uh, many others, and like. There's no vetting process, so they're like, you're hired. So then I went in there, and then, like, the caddy yard is kind of like a prison. You gotta realize that. Yeah. Everybody has their sections. Everybody has their shit. And you go to the caddy yard, and your brand-new worker working in the fucking yard. And your goal is to go out and make, what, money, right? Carry two golf bags, go finish 18 holes of golf, and that's it. But the problem is you're competing against 30 other fucking guys that are in that fucking yard that are already family. I got, like, you know, it's probably 75% Mexican, 20% black. 1% white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the new guy. You're, you're the new guy on a lot. But I came in. I wanted it, you know, so I had to make my way in. I had right. to make my way in. I mean, what was your biggest motivation during that? Because it's just, you know, you move all the way to L.A. Yep. You know, you try to be an actor. You end up staying in your car. A lot of people in that situation would have folded. I, didn't, I, I, I had no choice. I mean, the, the thing is this. Like, I always knew I was special. I really did. I always knew I was special. And the reason why I was special because I had that fuel that I had, like, I, I knew that I could, I knew that I had a likability factor, that people could come in, and I talked to them, I knew I could win them over, in a sense, and so, I had a great voice, so the only 
thing that I had that was really going for me was I was this mess train wreck doing crazy ass shit, drugs and fucked up in LA. My work, like a normal actor or comedian would go and do two shows of stand up a week. They would go and do auditions. What I did is I ran up on motherfuckers like yourself and was like, bottom of the nine, two down. <laughs> it was the Yankees and the Red Sox here at ESPN. And I would do my broadcaster voice in my brain. That was me working. And I got such a high out of it. And I went in some of the most dangerous situations and just did that. Like, I mean, I remember I rolled up on like literally like gang affiliated motherfuckers once and was like, well, if it is the wide receiver core, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and like, it was just like, cause I always showed up my voice in different situations. Yeah. That was the closest we ever came to death, but we, uh, we were good. We made it out alive. You know, we talked our way out of that one, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, my voice is something I've always worked on. And then after having no success in LA, trying to be an active comedian and doing all my shit, I went back to Boston at 28 years old. My story is crazy, but I've told it so many times. So I don't know if I want to tell it again is when I actually, that last day when I hit complete rock bottom, it was over. That was the craziest day of my life. And I don't know to this day whether it was real or not. Because I was so fucked up. You were, yeah. So I was 20. You want to tell it? Yeah. So I was 26 years old. and Or t- I don't know, whatever it was. It was the last day when I left. So I don't know the timeline. My memory is so bad. But I, I, I was in the back of a car. I remember going out. I was all fucked up on coke. And I was like, you know what? I'm going out by myself. I knew my car had a flat tire. I slept in my car. I was walking around Sherman Oaks. I had the cash that I made for me at the caddy yard from that day, which was like $90. And I would just like, I just went up to people and talked to broadcaster voice. And then one guy went up and talked to broadcaster voice. was like, yo, you want a bump? And I'm like, you know me in that time. <laughs> yeah. You know me in that time. Right. right. Like this time, it's just like, yo, that don't happen. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. That's like, it's a, it's a woman. But in that time, let's go. <laughs> right behind a dumpster with a dog. Don't even know who the fuck he is. And then I'm just like, Whoa. And then I figured out it was crystal meth like 30 minutes after. And it was a massive line of crystal meth. And so I went back to my car, popped in there, parts racing in the back of the car under the blankets to try and pass out. And now in that time where I think I'm passing out, I don't know if I'm passed out or not. Because at the same time, I see a group of cars come up and I think they're running a prostitution ring behind me. I don't know if this is real or fake this day. So I think they're rolling up behind me. And I hear people getting in the car, girls, shit, all this shit happening. I was like, fuck, I didn't want to get caught because I know what happens to people get caught. In the paranoid mind, you think you're going to get fucking shot because yeah. you're fucking affiliated with something. That's in, my, that's in my drunken fucking drug mind. The long story short, that shit happens for like two days straight. So I'm in that car for two days. Damn, wow. Straight thinking that. <laughs> you didn't eat? No. Nothing. Not a carrot. Nothing. And then fucking, uh, I remember the noise went away at like 5.30 a.m. And I finally said, this is my time to get away. And this is my time to get out of here. But I got a flat tire, but fuck it. This is too dangerous a place to stay. I started the car, and I drove. My, 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 literally, my flat tire. 5.30 in the morning, Bob Mennery fucked up on all sorts of drugs, driving down the road. Now, again, don't know if this is real or fake or not. Five cars peel around the corner. And start following me. Don't know. You're tripping. Real or fake. I don't know. Mm. I think it's real. You're lucky because crystal meth is no joke. No, bro. It was nuts. It was nuts. I never did it before. So it was just like, it was just me, my weakest moment being like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm going to take this shit. Mm -hmm. And that was it. 
And so, you know, we go in. I remember driving that flat tire, pulling the CVS parking lot, pull in, park that car, running that motherfucker. If you can find that surveillance tape right now, it's the most, <laughs> it's the most, bro, it's the most epic shit of all time. I roll in. I'm like, people are following me. Prostitution ring. Oh, man. Follow me like it's one of them crazy motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Right. That was me. And I went, nobody's listening to me. So then I went and I busted down the door in the back. The alarms went off in the whole CVS. And then fucking finally somebody came to me, talked to me, was like, yo, come outside. Ambulance fire truck was outside. Firefighters screamed me. And they're like, Bob, what's going on? Or not Bob, they didn't know who the fuck I was, but like, you know, whatever. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? And I'm like, you go take a look at that car right over there. Those motherfuckers are following me. I got to get away from them. Whatever, that car followed me. And, and you don't know if it's real or fake. Firefighter goes, yo, hold up. I'm going to go check it out for you. And let's, whatever. Sit down. Chill. Ambulance all around me, other people. Comes back two minutes later. There's nobody in that car. I was like, all right, maybe am I going crazy? That's nuts. And so then I got in the ambulance. I went to the hotel. I stayed for 15 minutes. They checked me out because they knew that I was just on drugs. And then... uh Left, called my buddy and said, I got to get out of here. Ernie Giapapas, he was a caddy at a country club. Called my parents, called my mother and father, called my sister and brother. I was on the next flight out, hmm. and I was out of L.A. So that was, that was a rock-bottom moment. So was that was this around that time? I, I heard the story, man, but I got to confirm to her, see if it's true. But you were talking about at that time, you were a fake acting coach, and to make money, you were no, a fake No, that was way back. So I was a fake yeah, acting tell me coach about that. way back in the day. So what I used to do is, like, I always had passion about acting. Like, I always wanted to be, like, an actor. It was my thing. But now that I realize, like, we're just shooting a movie right now, Roadhouse in Dominican Republic. So I'm down at Gyllenhaal, McGregor. It's a great movie. It's coming out. They're redoing the whole thing, Patrick Swayze and all that shit. That's like, fire. It's that too fire. much. Like, 14-hour days. But I couldn't do it. It's a grind. I like to move. You know, I don't like to stay still. So, like, the well, problem fake, is, fake when you coach. do that, you have appreciation, man. I'm sitting there with, like, Gyllenhaal in the DR, and he's doing the scene. You're watching this motherfucker act, and you're just like, Donnie Darko. You're, mm. like, fucking, uh, you know, everything this motherfucker's done. You're just like, damn, I'm with him in the scene. And the problem is, like, all these motherfuckers in this room are real actors. I'm the only one that's not. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, fucked. So, like, <laughs> the director is like, yo, Bob, move over there. All right, one more step that way. <laughs> right. All right. right, there. All right yeah, we don't need it. So how are you getting away with it back then by being, like, a fake acting coach? So what I do, I, I mean, here's, I understood the technique. So I understood the initial beginning stuff of what actors need and that the most important thing is to just relax. And, like, I needed a way to make money. I charged $25 an hour. I was a coach at the acting library. I just like had a room that I walked into and I invited students to come in. And like, I would, I mean, you can, I mean, I think every acting coach is somewhat bullshit. Like, it's just about like, if you can get somebody to the next step, it's good. So I only worked yeah. as a trained acting coach. <laughs> I was. It's amazing. You never no, got called on bullshit. I, I didn't get called on bullshit because I always think I did a good job. Mm -hmm. like, I actually really cared about it. And I thought I was good enough to be able to charge $25 an hour right. yeah. for my vision. And so like what I would do is I would sit people down and like none of my uh, acting students ever made it. Uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> they, they really believed you? No, I, it's, I, believe, I wasn't fooling them. I was just like, yo, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm 20, whatever, four years old. You want to come in? You want to fucking work? Let's work. And I would just like get them out of their comfort zone. Because the most important thing is like when you're doing like monologues or acting scenes or whatever, is like you're just trying to be somebody else. And so what I always try to do with like teaching acting, because I am passionate about it, I just couldn't do it anymore. I try to relax people and just like get them into, I can make you do fucking, you'd be like Denzel fucking too, motherfucker. My God. Already. <laughs> Y'all were doing a little, like he yeah, was teaching man. you a John little was bit. saying he wanted to do acting. Like I'm not, the thing was like, I go, I go up and down with different passions at different times. Like mm -hmm. I'm very ADHD. I'm the most ADHD person you'll ever fucking meet in your life. So I'm like in something and I'm out. I'm in something and I'm out. 
But acting's always been great. But the problem is, I just, like I said, I got back from the DR. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm talking 13 hour days. I'm just sitting there. Bro, I didn't even know I was a dead body. They fucking were like this. So the cameras, <laughs> That's hilarious. everybody else is like really veterans. Like, dude, I yeah. got Jake Jill and all. I got this guy who's been in every fucking movie, like Aladdin, Bond, fucking the director of the, the Born Supremacy, Born Ultimatum, Lethal Weapon. Like, it's a major fucking movie yeah. with Amazon. And I'm fucking there. <laughs> and I'm like, because <laughs> the way it happened was Joel, I was just rolling into UFC going to the fight and like this guy came over he's like hey i want to put you in a movie i'm like oh yeah sure let's fucking go oh that's dope and i was like i'm joel silver and i was like oh yeah i've heard of you nice to meet you and joel's a fucking man and he's just like i'm gonna make this happen and so obviously they brought me into the movie for one reason one reason only what do you think it is no idea blow that fucking shit up when it comes right so like what they did is they gave me a little part in it i go back next week and i got my one scene with jake and i'm gonna fuck that shit up like we got a real ass scene i can't talk about it I'm trying to be gangster. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because I've done a lot of gangster interviews lately, man. Right. So like, Been on your hood shit. I kind of want to go that direction. <laughs> That's what you want to get into. I don't know, man. I just like find such a connection with rap. 100%. You know, I just love fucking hood rap. <laughs> That's what you are at heart. You don't I look am. it, but I don't, you know, at I heart. Don't. I love it. Not. Like, I like hood rap. <laughs> it's actually some of my finest uh, stuff that I've listened to. Yes. But yeah, my girl kills me. Like sometimes I'll just be like, baby, I can't hang with you tonight. I gotta just like put this shit on and I was blasting like Pusha Ice D or something and like just <laughs> going to my world. So you do you like, call, try and call the president of the United States? Do you ever like when you look back, right, on your journey to like where you are now, that day when you did the music video with your boy and you did your spiel and it changed your life? Yeah. Like you ever think, like looking back, like, damn, what the fuck? If I, I if I never it, like if I, I never did that. Happen. I knew something, I knew some way, shape, or form the voice that I have would somewhat be recognizable, you know. We're here with Jarvis, and we are here with the great one. If we do remember, it was just in Los Angeles not so long ago. You know, I always did that voice. And so, like, I don't know. I knew it was going to work. So you did that voice and just went viral? Yeah, it was more about, yeah, I just did that. I did the voice and uh, just dubbed it over clips. Like, I just did, like, fucking, yeah, I just talked over shit. The first time I did was, like, video game glitches, which I've told a thousand times. But, like, I used to do, like, you know, you're playing the Madden video game. And they're like running up the middle. You know how glitches happen. Mm-hmm. Why don't the fucking announcers recognize the glitches? Like, why the fuck are you saying? <laughs> why the fuck are you saying it? A touchdown, Antonio Brown, corner of the end zone, but his fucking arm flew off. Like, why aren't you fucking saying that? That's amazing. So that's why I was like, all right, I gotta fucking recognize. I gotta fucking address that. I gotta fucking do that. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, this show is called Second Win, right? And when I think of you, like, you have to have your second win so many different times throughout your career because. You create content, so you always have to reinvent yourself. You always have to think of new ideas. You always have to stay relevant. What is your strategy behind that? I'm never afraid of staying relevant, so I'm not afraid of going off the grid. I don't give a fuck. I mean, my my old partners, you know, Full Send and whatnot, like what they were very, very good at and why their shit is so great, and I'm never knocking it, it's just not me, is like driving clickbait moment. Yeah. So like they will do shit where it's like, yo, let's just fucking rock clickbait shit and break the internet and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I really don't give a fuck, bro. I don't need a lot of money. I don't need a lot of like whatever. Like I do shit for the game. That's it. Like I enjoy sitting here talking to you guys and fucking shooting the shit like the old days yeah. and doing it in a setting where we can say, hey, we did it in a professional setting. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's just like, bro, I just keep on fucking pounding and doing whatever the fuck I want to do. Sometimes I have like, bro, I'm not, I have crazy ass shit. Like I'm not, not even close to any amount of success yet. Right. Not at all, bro. Like, I'm like, I fucked up so many. Th- I still fuck up every fucking day. 
whether it be money management, whether it be like fucking what, like I fuck up every fucking day, mm-hmm. you know, it's just about like, do you have that, do you just keep that will to just continue to be like, all right, let's bring it back. Yeah. That's my shit that like I, I try and do. And then you got a fucking little distractions. You got girlfriends now. You got fucking, <laughs> like I got. No, but that's, know? that's like one of the things I admire about you because you know, people have their differences in opinion about every, like anyone. Yeah. Right. So some people like Bob memory. Some people don't like Bob memory. Yeah. One thing you can't say. I don't know why people wouldn't like though. That hurts me. I, mean, I that's just, why. that's like, just I don't like, know why you know? No, but for real though, I, that, that try, you know, I think that drives me nuts. Cause what I do is I always try and be like, that's why I'm so OCD. Anytime I see somebody out in public or anything that I meet or that has, I try and be a great guy. Yeah. I really pride myself in trying to be a fucking good dude. I mean, that's, you know, you can't do, no matter what it you does do. does drive you nuts sometimes when you read all this shit and like comments and different stuff. It's, it does fuck with your head. It does yeah. like, you know, and like. There was a shit even like the Masvidal, Colby Covington situation. I just mm-hmm. got subpoenaed in court for that. So I got to go to court and testify against Colby Covington. Really? For, I mean, excuse me, testify against Masvidal because I was a fucking on that, that day. We just happened to be there when Masvidal jumped Colby. Mm-hmm. And the shitty part was like my partners at the time, Nelk and shit, are so like about the clickbait moments. You know, they fucking ran some shit that was like, oh, Bob set him up. Yeah, and like what sucks is when you spend your whole life being like, "Yo, you can respect my name, mm-hmm. you know who the fuck I am." Like you guys know who the fuck I am, you know. And then the problem is when something like that leaks out, it's like, and they say like something that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's the most annoying thing in the world. You're just like, "Fuck," but like I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a pain in the ass because like I'm not somebody that ever sets anybody up. I'm not somebody that ever like whatever. I don't do clickbait shit. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about that, man. I want to like have my girl that I love. Summer, fucking met her. I fell in love with her. I want to have kids. I want to have a fucking normal life. But I want to do what I love, which is like have these conversations with you guys. And I think there's a big enough market where you can, like, what you guys are doing right now is fucking amazing. Building this show is huge. And then get, keep going. Just build fucking names and bring people on, interesting stories. Just have fun with it. That's the shit that'll fucking, that makes you happy. You, do you think, like, your podcasting, and like other things, so you're in the movie with Gyllenhaal now. So like, do you think after that? that don't movie, matter. You think you, I'm just saying after I'm a that movie. Tree in that. But will you? But will you pursue your acting career after that? Like, I don't. I, I here's the deal. I'll do like what I would do is, unless I had complete control over a project I was doing, and I controlled the money and I controlled the back end, I controlled everything, mm-hmm. and I was doing it. I would commit all my fucking hours to a movie or something like that to create a project. But if it's something I'm doing, I'm just hopping on as like a piece of meat. Yeah, I don't want that. I wouldn't want like. It's a great, the, the Roadhouse movie's amazing. It's gonna be great. I mean, Joel's a fucking man. Everybody, it's, it's shows, the movie's gonna be huge. It's a $100 million movie. Jeez. It's fucking big. Yeah. I mean, McGregor's first acting fucking performance. McGregor in the table read, by the way. <laughs> was it good? Yeah, this is the best. It's McGregor on the table read. I, I have like one scene with, with Joel and all that we have. It's a really engaging one. Then we're involved in some other shit. But like, you know, when with COVID and all the, it's filmed in the Dominican Republic. So it's like, you know, you, you do normally do a table read like this. We all get in the same room, we all fucking read the shit. But this, we did a Zoom read. Mm-hmm. So like 15 people of the movie were on the Zoom. So it was like me, McGregor was in the Zoom box, a bunch of people. So McGregor was like, everybody else, like these <laughs> actors that are like up and coming, trying to make a name of themselves, sitting there like, you know, I'm just like fucking smoking weed, chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Mac- Bob. McGregor's on the fucking like yacht, right. just chilling. And so like I do my scene and then I turn off my camera and just like let it go. And then you just see Connor. In that table read, it's his first <laughs> acting performance ever, bro. Yeah. And he's just like hilarious. I mean, legend has it, he took his dick 
but not out of his pants. But I guess he slammed on the table or something like that. My, my, I was not paying attention, but I guess he's really getting <laughs> Get the character. Out, yeah. yeah, McGregor's gonna be a deadly force in this movie. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be sick as fuck. Like, bro, this is gonna be. They're gonna do some damage to this shit. Yeah. And like, the problem is, I guess I'm really like, I'm not, I don't belong in the movie. You don't think so? No, I thought I was good at acting, but like, no. Watching these guys, bro. The director literally like was like, truthfully, like, kid, move a little bit to the right. <laughs> a little more, a little, little more. Jody, you can get rid of him. That was, it. that was it. And I was like, all right, sweet. So, so how does it work? Like when you say your lines and stuff like that, like I haven't said lines yet. So I went there for, I went there for one week to film stuff that I'm involved in behind, like just shots. But my one scene is a very engaging scene with Jill and Hall. Yeah. I think I could win an Academy Award. I think you could as well. And so, like, I think I've already been nominated. They've talked about it. And so it's, it's like me, DiCaprio, Joaquin Phoenix, and uh, yeah, Jared I wasn't Leto. Go- I wasn't going to say anything about it, but I heard about that through the yeah. grapevine. Yeah. Or about what? Him being nominated. Oh, yeah, shit. it's going to be pretty big. You know, the one scene they really like to hyper-focus on. Oh, yeah. So this guy deserves <laughs> it. Your scene. No, I mean, your story is so dope because, like, you know, you're talking about, you're involved in so many different verticals, but you're not, like, an athlete. You're not an entertainer. There's a bunch of people in the world, you know, that aren't genetically gifted. How, like, how do you, what advice do you have, I for guess, what? for anybody that's trying to make a run at what you guys are trying to do? We're all trying, trying to make to a run. Yeah. Like, trying to what? What were you trying to hit? Well, someone that's not, you know, that's not an athlete. It's not an entertainer. Trying to get as just, much eyeballs to, like, what, what are you trying to do? I mean, there's people that are trying to build a fucking construction company up in the ground. People up. that are trying to become, you know, social Me? media. Infl- the next Bob Mentor. The next Bob Mentor, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. If there's somebody that's trying to do like what I'm doing is, you know, first of all, you know, manage your money a little bit better so you're not scrambling. But at the same time, I love the scramble. <laughs> He's me excited. Um, but no, I mean, I think that it's just like, bro, I had a gift that I knew I had that I knew could turn heads. Mm-hmm. So like in my heart, I knew that I turned on that voice no matter who you were at any given time. If I go up to somebody, I'm like, and 30-yard line, Rogers in the shotgun. Here's Jordy Nelson, the far right, and snap outside, fire. It's like, I could get attention. So I found my talent. Mm-hmm. So with that talent, I just pushed everywhere. Yeah. So I think it's about just finding your talent. And then if you don't have your talent, figure a way to just associate with people that are constantly relevant. Mm-hmm. And then offer them value. And then hopefully they'll offer you value back. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. And during the whole process, just be authentic and genuine. I mean, here, here, here's the deal. You, you know, you just always, if you're, the problem is in this stage of the game is like the reason why I fuck with the biggest of the big and like my reputation, I hope is good. I don't know why it wouldn't be good. I really don't. Besides, because you got to understand this world too, is anytime you say no to a deal. So if you want to do a deal with me, right? You got this company, say fucking DraftKings. I love DraftKings. Matt Kale is a good friend of mine, by the way, but. You're like DraftKings, DraftKings, like, we want to work with you. But we couldn't figure it out. Sometimes that can be interpreted as bad business. And then Bob's difficult to work with because we didn't get a deal done. Because they're pissed and they're egotistical and say, well, we couldn't just get something done. We have that shit come across our desk every day with all sorts of like brand deals, this, sports, this, cannabis, everything. You know, it's about, but I know at the end of the day, like I'm a good fucking dude. If I give you my word, I am so OCD about making sure that everything happens the way I said it happened. And if it doesn't, doesn't, I'm going to apologize, you know, incessantly. So tell us, man, I'm not sure if you want to, uh, but 
Like, what happened? Like, just keep it real, man. What happened with the full send, man? The whole deal. Full like, send podcast. Yeah, keep it G. Just keep so, it G. So me, just like, I mean, you were on there. You guys were making great content. Yeah. Blowing the fuck me up. And AB, me and AB are going to talk about it tonight on our shit, which I want you to come in on. Oh, but uh, at the end of the day, when does this air? Whenever, Whenever you want. You want. <laughs> All right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day is this. When I first did that show with Kyle, I always pushed him on, let's get a podcast going. Let's do one. You guys are killing it every department. You're killing it everywhere. Let's fucking make a podcast. And he was like, yeah, let's make a podcast. It was talked about for a while. And then uh, finally, he pushed me on like, yeah, let's do a podcast. We did. And when we entered in our deal, you know, it was just, uh, like I said, I'm a man of my word. So I'm like, yo, here's the deal. I'll sign fucking shit. But like shit goes good. Like we're good. Maybe I'm an idiot. But that's just the way I roll. And so when I told them and my expectations, and when I came to them recently about, hey, let's make sure those expectations that I had immediately when I paid my respect and build this show with you, that they're all good and they weren't good. And I gave them another chance to be like, are we good? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, we're good. And that, and that was it. So, you know, I mean, look at, they're savage business guys. They are. I mean, they do a great job. They've done a great job with Happy Dad. You know, I was never involved in Happy Dad. I never had a piece of Happy Dad at all. Um, and Happy Dad was obviously advertised throughout our whole podcast. So, you know, I wanted to be involved in Happy Dad because I saw the success. I knew who they were. I knew they were fucking massive. They had a good taste in drink, I think. And they, they, they were smart. So anytime you see that, you want to get involved with it. Uh, the problem was it was just like I wasn't really able to, you know. And that, that was the hard part. It's like, well, I'm not even involved in this fucking thing. But at the same time, it's everywhere. I'm not even fucking making a penny off this shit. And it also the problem is, is like, yo, I'm not making a penny off this shit. Everybody thinks I'm with Happy Dad. So like, if I want to build a career for myself and make myself huge, like, because that's my goal, whether or not I hit or miss, I want to keep my option open. Problem, it was guilty by association, but I had no piece of it. That was one. There was multiple issues that we had. At the end of the day, the working environment between me and him were, and Kyle and, those guys were fucking amazing. Like we, we produced really good, funny shit. We had a great time in the room. It was just obviously when you come now outside the room, which I always hate, is when shit goes south with dumb fucking shit. I poured my heart and soul into that. I fucking murdered that show. I built those show for that mother, those motherfuckers. And, and that's it. And we, I just had enough where I was just not going to get danced around anymore. I mean, I mean, I've executed some amazing shit for them. And they also put me on their platform. We both had our pros that we've had, and we both can you know, have had our cons that we consider pros and cons. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's just another way I do business. Yeah. That's the hardest I've seen you go in anything. Like, you were Thank so you. Dedicated. dedicated. You poured your heart into that. Thank and you. I know a bunch that of people. Means that means a lot to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can see it from the outside that looking in. I wasn't me. in the room with you guys when you guys were game planning. Well, we're going to go. I'll tell you this, though. The good news is, like, what I did was I went through a period after that, and it sucked. Like, just in my head, when I disconnected from them, and it was just like, I put in a year of just craziness, crazy work ethic. I wanted the number one show in the world on YouTube. We had it. We have. I mean, they have it. You know? So, it was like, fucking, I, I, I poured in every ounce of everything I had in that show. And I was just waiting for a different result that didn't happen, which I, we had a fucking deal. And it sucked. But that's why, like, too, like, again, at the end of the day, it sucks. But make sure when you sign shit, you know, 
I guess not where I come from, but get it looked at, I guess. Yeah. In a real way, mm-hmm. in a tricky way. Yeah, but I don't want to do deals with anybody that ever liked that. But I guess they have a lot going on, so they got to be buttoned up. It's all run by lawyers and shit now. Kyle's built a great empire. He's built full send to the moon. I give him the most respect. But at the end of the day, they could have handled that situation better than me. 1,000%. So, so going through all that shit and, you know, we saw all the clickbait and all that bullshit, like Bob Manry did this. Like, how'd you bounce back from that? Like, how'd you bounce oh, back from that? I went into, from- like, a mental rut for, like, a month and a half. It was just, like, like, just burned. I was just like, fuck. I just felt rattled. I felt down and out. I checked out. I didn't do shit. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't do anything. I was like, fuck. So I was like, man, I was, you know, I missed it. You know, I missed it. And it was like, so I just got fucked up in the head. And then, but the good news is like, I was like, a, like I said, remember that voice is always going in your head. And the broadcast voice is always fucking good and shit like that. I knew I had, I can, I can bring it back. So what I did is I'm starting this back up. I went to DR. I said, after DR, we're going back to work. Right. We're fucking ripping our shit and we're going to fucking bring it back. Yeah. It just happens, bro. It's like, yo, they beat me. They're 1-0 in business. I'm fine with that. You just got to get back on the horse. And that's something that you've always excelled at. Like you've built so many things. I don't know about excelled. I mean, I'm you had the, the oh you had the number one podcast before them. You know, number like one. you were, you yeah, know, but also how to too, do this. you realize too, you know, when you are that, not, 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 you know, that's the other thing too is like, you know, number one podcast and whatever is like, I don't really care about that anymore. What I care about is sitting down and having like really sick ass engaging conversations with interesting people that are so spontaneous. It's just real. I don't give a fuck about the fucking number one shit or whatever. I've already done it. We've already done it. I did it. You know? Yeah. I got fucking Ukraine, Russia. I got the fucking President <laughs> of the United States to come and fucking sit with us. Trump. With fucking, you know, help of, huge help of Dana. Put it over the edge. Got it done. Dana, got it done. You know? And uh, I don't really give a fuck anymore. What I care about is my girl. I care about building a family. And I care about making, just doing what I love. Yeah. I don't fucking know what the fuck my life is. I have no idea, bro. I have no idea what's going on in my life ever. It's so fast. It's so in and out. It's not like, you know, I'm always just fucking just, you know, that's why it's important to have a good-ass girl in your corner. <laughs> so, so please tell me, keep it all the way 100. You beat, you beat this unathletic motherfucker in a race? Bro. You mean a great one? Yeah. He said, Be he honest, said, Bob. You beat this unathletic well, motherfucker in a race? I want to ask this question first. We have the, we have the footage of it? Please we tell might. me we have the footage. We still have the footage, right? We might have the footage. No, here's the deal. You came in, you looked at me, and you said this poor-ass <laughs> fucking white-ass motherfucker can't run Unathletic white boy. Unathletic white boy coming <laughs> in. And guess what I did? I said, I'm fucking ready. And I went out there, and I might have... I think I might have lost by like a half step. A half a step. Yeah, it was. Bro, I went hard. But I completely underestimated him. Like, no, out, no. No, shut up. No. Bro, 10 yards? Like, You're that's not that far. You played college football. That's not that far, though. 10 yards, and out of the... like. Out of my stance, I saw him explode, and I was like, wait, hold on. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, unathletic. And then he ran a mile, like, two days later, in no joke, like, five minutes. Oh, like, yo, we did who, that. Who, like, who better to do minutes. that? Bro, say. No, bro, I can't usually do that. Say bet me on that. Bro, five minutes and 50 after z- dinner. Yeah, but say don't pay up. Say don't pay up. Were you zapped? Shit. No, fuck say on this shit. <laughs> say owes me some fucking money, I think. How, how, what time did you run it in? I don't know. I ran it in probably like fucking two Dude, minutes, 30 seconds. It was fast. It was fast. Like five minutes fast? I think it was like six. Right around six, I think bro. I cheated, though, with some performance enhancing shit. You were zapped? Yeah. I was zapped. You I might definitely, have been zapped. I zinged a little, bro. You I might have so, been zapped. That was after, so after what happened, Craig's. No, this is what it was. Yeah, we were Craig's, and Bill Belichick was there. Yeah. 
And so we're all sitting there. Was that the same night? Yep. So we're all sitting there at a table. It's me, Great One, Jar. Were you there? No, okay. I, no I wasn't there. Right, this so time. it's me, Great One, uh, fucking the tight end, the fucking Saquon, yeah. Sterling, whatever. We're all sitting around the corner. And I walk into Craig's. I'm with you guys. My idol is fucking Bill Belichick. <sighs> like, bro, I was born and raised in New England. I'm the biggest diehard Patriots fan you'll ever find of all time. And Belichick walked in. And I was just like, oh, my God. And, like, I don't ever pull shit. I have a good relationship with Craig. Craig is a restaurant in L.A. that's, like, really high profile. Everybody's fucking in that place. And I just remember, I was like, Craig, this is that one favor. I need you to go up and uh, try and make this work for Belichick. And then, uh, obviously, I was with you guys, so it made it happen. Because, like, he's going to come up and say hello to Saquon and everybody. And then he walked up, and I was just like, oh, my God. This is my fucking guy right here. It's the most mental discipline, just savage ever. Happy as hell. And then I was like, obviously fucked up the situation. It was just like, he was trying to talk to Saquon and you guys about football. And I was like, Bill, uh, do you mind? Can I uh, get a quick picture? For, uh, <laughs> kind of like freaking the fuck out. And Bill was just like, uh, yeah, as long as you don't uh, put it on the uh, snap face thing. No, he did not. <laughs> snap, snap face. Like, yeah, snap was, snap I was like, And I was like, and I honored that deal. Yeah. And I honored that motherfucking deal, I think. I never put it on the internet. I don't think. Don't hold me that. I, but I, I did give my word and I didn't put it in the, I might have put it in there like three years later, but I did not because he was like, make sure. And I was like, Bill Belichick and I just had a pack. Yeah. And so I don't think I ever, I might, have, might be my Facebook profile picture actually right now, but <laughs> I don't know. Your network is so insane. Like you've been around so many different demographics, so many high profile people. What have you learned the most, like from all of, you know, from this whole journey and all the people that you've met and encountered? Just always, I don't know. I meet everybody. I know everybody. I mean, I believe that, like, not trying to be the man at all. This might be a tribe of the man flex, but, you know, I believe I'm one of the most connected men on the fucking planet. You know, I know everybody from top to bottom. That's what I did, because I knew that I had this, like, stupid-ass comedic sports voice that reached millions of people in one minute. And I was like, one minute went by, and I did my craft, reached millions of people. What the fuck do I do the rest of my motherfucking day? <laughs> all right. So I just went out and just hit everybody. Yeah. And then just, like, a fucking, like, a beautiful mind. You walk in the back shed when he's all tweaking out. I was like fucking always working, just putting shit together. You know, that, I've been a crazy ass story. Government people, fucking streets, fucking rappers, athletes. I mean, everybody. I love it, dude. I just love to connect with everybody. Everyone who's anyone knows Bob Menery. I wouldn't say that. I, I, I no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, you, you're not me. Everyone knows Bob Menery. I mean, I think that like you know, it is funny when you do the voice shit. There's a lot of people that come up and you know, the voice they know, but then they don't know like the face. Yeah. Cause it's a beautiful face about to come in Roadhouse. The movie coming out. I, I'm excited to see that. Bro, it's going to be, you're going to see it for like nine seconds. It's be like yes. Nine seconds? Nah, we got, bro, I fucking, I fuck with Joe and all hard in that. We got a real ass scene where I come at him. The problem is Jake understands I'm coming from fucking blood and I will fucking light his ass up. <laughs> I would love that. That's amazing. That's fire. That's it. That's how it is. Who was, when y'all stay at the house, who won the most games? Of what? Like, just competition. I know that fucking house was filled fucking testosterone. The problem was, the pro- yeah, it was a lot. Was, <laughs> all right, so basically what happened was, what, what, wait, what was the situation in the house? I mean... I saw a piano playing. What there the was fuck? piano playing no, the first had, day. the greatest time ever. The first day I walked in, Bob was like, who's this guy? Ken. I didn't say that to you. No, no, we we had the one-handed push-up competition. Oh, yeah. The first day. Oh, yeah, so yeah I but I had my head telling you. Oh, you already knew. Yeah, I already knew. You already knew. There you were something. And he was like, I don't... He can't do 10 one-handed push-ups. And... Say it was like, oh, he could do 10 one-handed push-ups. But I was wearing like a baggy shirt, so I looked like I was... It wasn't like, OC Chunky. Right. right. 
Yeah, you bet. It was a friendly wager. I we never. You paid. I'm like, what <laughs> you paid. I don't remember the exact amount, but I didn't bet it. Yeah, I didn't lose too much money in that house. It was a tough house, though. You were smart. You were smart with the betting. I was smart with the betting. Saquon, yeah, it was Saquon, Sterling. I mean, you, me, my ex-girlfriend at the time. Jarvis would pop in here and there. You know? Yeah. You'd pop in here and there. You weren't mm-hmm. there. Imani. Imani. It was just the most random situation. It was, like, <laughs> it was a fun house, like, though. Yeah, it was a great-ass house, dude. Like, I remember because, like, you know, you're you're living with two professional athletes. They're really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And I live with Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley, and I'm like, I love to fucking get wild. <laughs> And so these guys are all up in their game about getting ready and getting ready to fucking, like, stretch and work out and shit. And I'm just, I just want to zap. <laughs> so I'd, like, try and break in at, like, 3 in the morning, like, quietly. I set off the alarms. Like, it was nuts. The kids, it was fucking it was a chaotic house. Families were there and everything. Families were there and everything. It was great ass. I was, I was one of my, then we had the fucking U-ball basketball hoop in the backyard. Remember that? I don't know. One thing I gotta say. Bro, you were in the game. You played the game. I had the. Oh shit! Yes. Okay. Oh, that house. And bro, Mm -hmm. Saquon and all these guys playing football. Yes. 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 We were playing like this. Indents the concrete like this. You break your ankle at any minute. Yes. Yes. We're playing full on four on four basketball. (laughs) One thing I gotta say about you: you are a sniper. Yeah, and you're a beer pong shooter too. I'll give you that. I played beer pong. I lost. I lost the beer pong game. It was really bad. One on one. I lost the post one. Is he a sniper? No, I said bad game. I was had you the first time I met you. I was with you. you well, I'll play anytime you want. And you fucking came back. I'm so fucking. No, I'll put up anything here, bro. I'm not afraid. I'll put up anything on you. Alright. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I've, I've seen you do. I've seen you do some damage. Deal. We're going to location number two after this. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're going to bucket. If you want to run it, we can run it. I'm there. I'm on your team. If we're he, running, he sucks. What? I'm better than you. I'm a good beer pump player. I am better than you. I'm telling you. But I think we play teammates. We'll play like you two versus like me and. Uh, what a Penn State. We all be doing play real well. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but when you're, you know, when the shit's on the line, you pucker up a little bit. It's hard to say. But um, I lost a tattoo on my ass recently. What? Yeah, I got to get a Buffalo Wild Wings tattoo on my ass for Post Malone. So we were talking shit just like this in a podcast. Like, no planning. It's like in our pods, just like this. Like, you want to talk shit? You want to fucking make something happen? Let's go. We just had a friendly bet. I lost. I had to get a tattoo on my ass. I used to be voice of Buffalo Wild Wings. I gotta get on my ass for him. He hasn't made me do it yet, but I still honor it. So I'll be willing to go whenever he wants. Post, I'm down to do the tattoo on my ass. Wow. That's fine. You're a man, you're not gonna respect that. Yeah, it's gonna suck. And it's like obviously it's rules and like limitations on how big it is and all that, but go to, go to town if you want Actually, no, fuck that. I'm not getting a tattoo on my ass. Fuck that. The tattoo on the ass ain't bad. And also, the thing was, we would give $50,000 to charity if I won. So that's where I fucked up. Still. But to um to wrap things up, man, uh, one, thank you for coming on the show. But, but, t- but two, man, just tell people what's next for Bob Menery. Who the fuck knows, dude? Yeah, what's, what's next for I have no idea. Ever, ever, ever. I've watched all cannabis shit. I'm getting the cannabis market a little bit. I, uh, you know, sports betting stuff. I don't want to fucking ruin people's lives and all that shit. So it's kind of pull back on like getting involved in companies like that and all that. Casinos and offshore casinos. I don't fucking. I don't know. I have no idea. I just want to make. I want to be happy fucking girl have some kids get married one day and just chill the fuck out that's dope that's all I want to say hey, you, you came a long way from the damn crystal meth in the back of the car man I'm proud of you bro whoa oh, shit we're still there <laughs> no <laughs> no say, we're not I was about to say cut that out hell no I'm fucking I'm kidding I fucking zapper coming on the love, love you boys love you bro that show love you bro it's all good that's it wrap it up